Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Divi Chat. Each week, some of the brightest Divi minds from all around the world get together to share their knowledge and expertise, a WordPress, and Divi business. Tonight, you'll be listening to episode 23, Divi and SEO. But before we do, to tonight's panel. Hi, Gino. Hey, David, and everybody else. Gino Quiroz here, the founder of Monterey Premier. And uh, you can connect with me on Twitter and Facebook at G-E-N-O-Q. Oh, thanks, Gino. Glad to have you back. Thanks. Hi, Leslie. Hi, I'm Leslie Burnell of A Girl in Her Mac. Um, and you can find me at agirlinhermac.design. Hi, Leslie. Hi, Tammy. Hello, everyone. I'm Tammy Grant, founder of Sunflower Creatives. I can be found at Sunflower Creatives. Yeah. Fantastic. Hey, Terry. Hello, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Terry Hale with Mizagorn Inc. I do uh, mostly coding, a few websites. Uh, just look for Mizagorn anywhere on the internet, and you'll see me there. Cheers. Don't, don't be trying to steal my stuff, Terry. <laughs> Oops, man. Sorry. <laughs> hey, Tim. Hey everybody, Tim Streifler here, broadcasting from Austin, Texas, and you can find me at timstreifler.com and divilife.com. Oh, fantastic. Glad you're here, Tim. Hi, Alicia. Hi. Um, let's see, you can find me uh, for design with Computer Junkies and also with SmartLinks SEO and the new project that I'm pretty excited about, divihelp.com, which will be tutorials and help board for people who are new to the theme. Fantastic. And this is Alicia Hughes, everybody. Hi, Corey. How's it going? Pretty good. How about you? Good. Uh, Corey Hammond uh, with A2 Hosting. Fantastic. Uh, and my name is David Blackman with Aspen Grove Studios. And you can find me at aspengrovestudios.com. Aspen Grove Studios on Facebook, Twitter, and all the stuff that you find people on. Tonight, we have a, our most requested topic ever on the Divi.chat website and SEO. And we're going to kind of, this is a topic that could be talked about in depth for hours and hours and days and weeks, probably. We're probably going to try to give a high view of um, best practices with SEO, period best practices of SEO with Divi, and some of the things that we have found since using Divi over the past few years that work really well for each one of us. So I'm really, really excited to uh, dive into this topic and hear what everybody has to say this week. Um, I don't know if anybody wants to start us off. I think Terry Hale go first tonight. Okay. I had to find the unmute button there. <laughs> Actually, I was okay. Uh, Gino, doesn't he usually go first? Anyway, uh, I'll, uh, here's your H1 for this whole episode. <laughs> all H tabs one on every page and every post. Now, another thing to remember is that Divi's pages, we. As WordPress users, we kind of think pages and posts are different, right? To Google, any other search engine, they don't know the difference. They're not reading the body classes. They don't see a post-3271 or whatever. So when you make a post, 
in Divi using the Divi Builder, make sure that you include the option for including the page title, or you can use a post title uh, module if you want to. But by default, Divi Posts will come up with the H1 tag. Now the pages, you will have to add it to it. I think that's that's what I'm seeing right now. But anyway, always awesome. have an H1 tag. There you go. And only hey, one Terry, per page. Right? And only yeah. one per page, exactly. Yep. Yeah. And hey, I'm sorry, I didn't really mean to throw you under the bus. I probably should have started out with a, a little bit more detail and stuff. So Terry hadn't been with us in a while, so I missed him, and I wanted to hear what he has to say. Uh, I, I do want to kind of give all opinion on SEO and Divi in general. And first thing you need to know, because development and stuff, SEO was a big, scary thing to me. And there was a lot of moving parts that I thought had to happen. And at the end of the day, what I really found out was I needed to understand the basic understanding of something like Terry talked about, your H1 tags, your page titles, um, optimization, and then, you know, content. Google is a very, very smart tool these days. You know, the, the kind of my snapshot view is, is if you're a company, Google wants to know what type of company you are, what you do, and whether or not you're bringing value to the people that are searching for your types of company. So value to them, for us, it's producing content, making sure that on-page SEO is done, and at the end of the day, over a long-term strategy, that's going to do really well for you. But there's a lot of tools. If you're in a competitive market, hopefully we're going to kind of cover some of that stuff tonight. So general snapshot of SEO in general and Divi. If we want to talk about specific things like on-page optimization, maybe we'll start there. On-page optimization, what's important? Do that. Crickets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, um, I'll go again. You were talking about Google being really smart. Uh, like we were talking about before the show started, uh, things have changed quite a bit. We don't use keyword stuffing or or backlinks. Well, backlinks are good, but not backlink stuffing also. Um, and like Tim and you, David, we're talking about the black hat stuff. Even the black hat groups are now saying, we're not really black hat, it's just that's how people know us. But uh, it's about content, structure, your, your heading tags, H1, only one H1, and then you can have H2. Think of uh, when you were in high school or college doing essays and outlines for that essay and maybe a table of contents or something like that. You've got your main title and then everything can be broken down into headings and then your content is within those headings. So your H1 through H6 tags specify the importance of the content immediately below that header. So your H2s, so you can have two or three of those on a page, whatever's uh, appropriate. But Google sees web pages now as content that people are looking for, not so much based on keywords by themselves, but readability. Uh, Google decides you're looking for a particular keyword. Does this page and its content provide the best information that you're looking for? 
Yeah, and if I can add to that, Terry, all, all excellent points. Uh, but I, I want to, if I would emphasize uh, something too, is you're right about the keyword stuffing. It's we're not about putting as many keywords as we think is possible into the page, but but keywords are still an important role. Um, it's how we use keywords and how we add them in naturally into the context of the page or the subject matter or the blog post. And uh, so what what most SEO specialists recommend is using what's called long tail keywords instead of just the keyword. So instead of SEO, you might have something like how to improve SEO in 2016 and how you use a combination of those words throughout the post. So you're not just how many times can I put SEO on my blog post, but combinations of the word that makes sense so that you're not overstuffing it because if I'm not mistaken, um, Google's gotten pretty good at seeing when people overstuff. And, and so you wanna be careful, but there are some great keyword tools. So if you want to search for, okay, because you want to know your niche. You want to know who your target audience is. You want to know what the, your customer is typing into Google. And so there are some keyword uh, planners, some keyword tools I just wanted to share um, that have been handed over to me, passed on to me. Uh, and so th this will be in the show notes. But one of them is Google AdWords has their own keyword planner. It's adwords.google.com forward slash home forward slash tools forward-slash-keyword-planner. Um, and then there's Keyword Tool, and uh, that's keywordtool.io. And then there's Moz has their own, moz.com forward slash explorer. And then there's longtailpro.com. And those are some tools that you guys could use to uh, you know, type in some phrases. Uh, so if you have a term, web design, which is going to pull up all kinds of stuff, but it'll give you a better idea. And you want to flow those keywords in naturally. Don't overstuff, overbloat, and just throw it in for the sake of throwing it in. Right. Awesome. Exactly. Point. Yep. <clears throat> yes, keywords important, but um, and those are all really good tools. Some that I would recommend also, and it's interesting. I hadn't heard of long tail uh, keyword until just a little while ago when I was reading that article about Neil Patel, and then here you are talking about it, Tino. So. You know what you're talking about. <laughs> I know that we have a couple of new first timers to the Divi chat panel and stuff, and they may not be used to, uh, you know, just kind of jumping in and stuff. So over here in Divi chat, so I, I, I am, you know, we'll tag and pick on you too. So I saw Alicia unmuted her microphone. We'd love to hear what Alicia has to say. Hey, we can see her now too. And we got a live feed forward now too. Yay, also. the video's working. Yay. I don't even know how that happened, but. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Well, Alicia, you're, you work in SEO. Like, is that mostly what you work in? Primarily, yes. Um, some design work too, but really more or less. Like, the my clientele are the ones who really want their website to be seen and rank. Mm -hmm. I'm having a little bit of trouble of sound now that I got the video working. <laughs> um, but similar to what Gina was saying with the long tail, um, also the LSIs are becoming more and more important now too, the latent semantic keywords. Um, so you want to have basically synonyms 
or other combinations that people might be searching for. You know, for example, um, if you're targeting a lawyer in a specific area, what other types of things might people search for if they're looking for a lawyer? They could be looking for family law. They could be looking for uh -huh. bodily type law. So that's another way to get your, your keyword incorporated without making it sound like it was written by a third grader. Important to include those two. It'll also broaden the types of words you can rank for, and uh, won't you won't get penalized for oversaturation. Awesome, nice, Alicia. They will penalize you then, right? That's not just a rumor. If it's if it's stuffed, you'll absolutely get penalized. And that's very difficult awesome. to come back. That's what I thought. Cool. Crickets. I guess I'll jump in here. Um, first of all, I don't I don't claim to be an SEO expert. Um, Alicia and Corey and, and Terry and Gino probably blow me out of the water in terms of SEO knowledge, but um, I kind of take a, a simplistic view, and I try to think of SEO in the way of that Google thinks of it, or at least in terms of Google's intention. Um, and Google's intention is always to serve the best content possible to the searcher. Um, and so they've, over time, developed their algorithm to be smarter and smarter, A, to um, give the searcher better results, but also to keep you know, spammers and, and black hat SEO people from trying to game the system. And so kind of what I focus on, and again, I'm not an expert, um, but I focus on, on, on content and delivering valuable content, and I kind of let the rest just kind of fall into place. Now there's things, you know, best practice things that I um, I, I kind of go through, like Terry was saying, one H1 per page and, and, and those types of things, not keyword stuffing, but I, I, I try to focus on what's gonna be the best uh, website for the user and, and produce valuable content for my target audience. And I let Google worry about itself. Um, and that might not be the best approach, but I think it's a better approach than for if someone doesn't know what they're doing and you know tries to keyword stuff and um, you know is is trying too hard for SEO and is creating content for the search engine opposed to the user, uh, I think that's a slippery slope. And as Alicia mentioned, you can get penalized. And so I, I try to like you know not think too hard about SEO. Think about the content. Think about the user, and then you know follow some of those best practice SEO methods. And so I think for for beginners at least, that's a good place to start. Um, so that you don't do anything to where you're going to get penalized and um, destroy your rankings. But um, and of course, an, a good SEO plugin is a, a great place for that too. It could help you with the um, title tags and so forth. But th that's kind of the I don't know. At least where I like to start. Yeah, that sounds good. Just basically keep it natural. Keep it like you're, you're engaging with your audience instead of trying to make it too. Yeah, exactly. And, and I have a good amount of search traffic coming to Divi Life, you know, following that methodology. And I'm, I'm sure if I implemented, you know, some things that SEO experts would advise, then I, I could probably even, you know, increase that by a lot. But um, I, I know in, in other projects, I focused too much on the SEO and I was, you know, spending too much time trying to have like the perfect SEO strategy rather than spending time creating content and um, you know, providing value and then, uh, yeah. So I, I kind of flip my strategy and, and provide value, create content, and then just kind of let SEO be secondary. 
Um, some people, SEO experts, might <laughs> think that's the stupidest strategy ever, and I, I'm an idiot. Um, and maybe that's the case, but um, I, I don't know. For me, it's worked. It's worked pretty well. <laughs> I, I think it's worked really well for for me as well on that aspect of keeping it really simple and stuff. And I'm, I'm going to say there's lots of microphones unmuted, which means there's a lot of people that want to talk and jump in. So <laughs> that's everyone that disagrees Cor with me. Cor Corey has uh, uh, has lit his unlit his microphone, so we're going to let him give it a go. Go, Corey. Yeah, I think I agree with everything you said, Tim. It's really a great place to start right from the beginning, thinking about your user, thinking about the content, and kind of start there. What I would say from there is then you need to be watching what happens. So Google's very like cause and effect. You do something. They come, they crawl, they run you through the algorithms, and then they essentially give you a rank for a particular phrase or a topic or whatever the case is. And there's tools that allow you to kind of see and track those things. Um, and so once you produce that initial set of content, and if you're not getting the results that you want, like it sounds like Tim can just write magic copy and he gets rankings, uh, which is great. but maybe there's a keyword that Tim isn't ranking for that what he can do is he can look and see, hey, I'm, I'm not ranking for Divi themes and I would like to be higher. What page does Google think I'm ranking that I have authority for for the term Divi themes, looking at like a micro keyword example. And then being able to look at the elements of SEO and say, okay, well, compared to all my competitors, I, I either don't have the right structure, I don't have enough content, or maybe I don't have enough popularity or links coming inbound. And what you can do then is you can try to then uh, work on those things and make adjustments and tweaks to see, okay, I was ranking X and now I've moved to Y. They must like that. Or maybe you go backwards and they didn't like what you did. And you just, it's kind of a very reactive game. And for the record, all SEO, according to Google, is black hat. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> and I do know that I want Corey to share some of the tools. Corey has kind of been SEO advisor, for the lack of a better term, for the last few months. So there's a lot of tools that he uses to help us identify, bury down very granular into data for SEO purposes and stuff that were not mentioned yet so far. So. I'll let him kind of give a list of those tools that he uses and stuff as well. I know Gino was trying to say something earlier. That. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> no, yeah, go, Corey. Got, go ahead. This is good. I've got three right off the top to add to Gino's list because I think he covered some good initial keyword research ones. <clears throat> uh, two that I would add to that are semrush.com uh, and then SpyFu. Um, not only do those do keyword data, but those also will do... Uh, competitive data, um, both organic and some paid keyword data. So what your competitors are potentially buying ads for, um, as well as what they're ranking for. Um, and then the mother of tools that I really like these days is Ahrefs. Um, A, the letter H, R-E-F-S.com, like a link um, for those that get the HTML. Uh, anyways, that one, that one actually does a combination. It gives competitive data. Um, it gives, it does tracking metrics uh, based on 
your organic and paid placements. Um, and that's both, you can track keywords with it, but it also has its own kind of fresh index, so to speak, of what it finds you ranking for. And that one actually is pretty powerful because like your competitors, right? I'm not, I don't, sometimes you're not tracking a particular competitor or, or you find, come across a, a new website in the space that you didn't know of. You can actually pop them in and see kind of what they're ranking for. Awesome. Sorry, I was a little bit distracted. I don't have, I, I'm not like an SEO expert. I don't have anything I really want to contribute, but I did write down uh, were addressed. Um, you, the alt and title tags in that module are the ones that are read. Or um, the short codes. I see people sometimes ask if short codes um, make Google not be able to read your content. Stios um, is probably one of the more popular plugins. And Alicia had once replied in the, um, saying, yeah, the green light is good, not all you want to strive for. Um, so if somebody could speak to the Yoast, getting the, the, the misconception what you want to try to get in there as well as I've seen people ask if Yoast plug in um, light and it'll page has no image. I don't know it's more about that. Um, and schema. What is it? And should people be adding it? <laughs> Um, okay. I'd, I'd like to touch on the Yoast plugin, if that's okay, real quick. Just a couple of quick notes. Absolutely. Um, I, I really like the Yoast plugin for beginners because even though a lot of people have pointed out to me that it's sort of bloaty compared to some of the other ones, uh, what I really like about it is it allows you to see, it, yeah, it gives you the red lights, the green lights. People freak out when they see red lights. That means, hey, you can improve this section. But for me, that helped me understand how I can improve the page. Now, I don't aim for all green lights. And so for those who've never used Yoast, it has an on page uh, for each page. It has a little settings tab. And it'll tell you, you know, you can set your keyword. You can set your metadata. And it tells you if you can improve your keyword density, add your keyword more, or uh, if you have uh, links or you have enough content, you have enough words. And uh, I used to look at those and, and, and make some changes to sentences and then see it improve and go, oh, okay, this is better SEO, at least according to Yoast. And they have a readability tab, which I really like. The readability tab, it, it does the same thing. It kind of tells you some of the areas you can improve, but it has a little eyeball next to it. You can click on it, and it takes you to the place in that passage of text that it's, that it's referring to that could be fixed. It tells you if your words are too big and you need to dummy them down a little bit or something like that. So that's one reason why I love Yoast. It's it's kind of, if you use it as a tool to learn the basic, basic, basics while you're working on your page, um, that's why I kind of like it and recommend it for beginners. But yeah, I don't always aim for all green lights. Again, like Tim said, when I first started Kidos.co, I didn't know any SEO and I applied no SEO and it was the content itself that got me to start ranking. And then I went back after time and learned how to implement new strategies to improve that. Uh, so content, yeah, is, is, is if it's good content, it's good content. But yeah, it, that's, that's one note I would say about Yoast. 
Yeah. Um, w- one quick thing, just to uh, <laughs> reiterate what I was saying before. Um, I, I why I definitely focus on content first. Um, I, I do have uh, pretty decent SEO knowledge as a kind of a foundation, and so I think that it is good to have um, basic knowledge. Um, in addition to focusing on content so that you can set some of those best practice things up right away. I think the point I was trying to make is I don't get bogged down with like the um, minutia of different SEO aspects. Cause I mean, as we mentioned, you could talk all day about SEO and there's so many finer details and, and so forth. And so, um, yeah, I just kind of focus on, you know, the bare minimum best practice and then content. Um, but the time you spend on thinking about that minutia, you could just be writing better content. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I'm the classic overthinker. I overthink everything. And so, you know, kind of my last two years, what I've been focusing on is to think less, which sounds kind of dumb, but um, I, I, you know, overanalyze and I think about too much, uh, which can be good. But when it's uh, that's taking the place of like actually acting and, and doing, then it, it can be a problem. Um, one thing I, I wanted to mention, Leslie, um, it was a little hard to hear you before, but I, I knew I heard the, the Divi short code thing come up. Um, and I hear that come up in some of the Divi Facebook groups where people ask if Divi's short codes are bad for SEO. Um, and the answer is absolutely not. Uh, those short codes are executed server side. And so the search engine never sees those short codes. Uh, they just see the content that the short codes produce. And so that's a definitely a common misconception, but it's something that, um, people shouldn't worry about. Yeah, so stop asking about it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it's exactly all the page right builder haters. Yeah. <laughs> they, the, it's, with Divi short codes especially, the content is still there on the post. Um, so Yoast or All-in-One, whatever, is able to read it. Um, just like mm-hmm. Tim was saying, it, it is Google, Google doesn't see the short codes. And the only time short codes would hurt is if the plugin associated with those short codes was not activated. Um, also, there are other plugins that use short codes that don't put the content within the short code. They're generated on the fly. But since we're talking basically content, those are usually more presentation types of plugins. But yeah, just what just like everybody's like saying. What about some? Something like the um, I see people ask on the modules where where information is kind of buried until you open it. Does that make? I didn't catch the last part. That's a great question. She's talking about like accordions and the um, the other module where it's hidden and you got to the drop down and opens up. That's a good question. Is is that good or bad for SEO? Or does it even make a difference? Um, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but I don't think Google really pays attention to that. Um, you know, it's all content, you know, the display of the content, it doesn't typically look at, right? It doesn't even run the style sheet, um, for the most part. So yeah, accordions and stuff, um, I don't think have any bearing on SEO, but correct me if I'm wrong. Because the content is still on the output of the page, right? It's just, it's just hidden with CSS, but it's there on the HTML, right? Before you open up the accordion module. Yeah. Yeah, and and actually, um, this is not an intentional plug for for my plugin, but I have a new plugin, you know, which does full screen overlays, and I got a lot of questions, people asking me if it was bad for SEO. One because Google came out with a new, uh, I think interstitial interstitial. I don't remember the word that they called it, but basically penalizing automatic pop ups on mobile. 
Um, and so a lot of people were asking me if that would affect things, and the answer is no, because the overlays are triggered by a click, not by um, an automated, um, yeah, it's not automated. So, and then additionally, people were asking, well, if the content's hidden, does that have, uh, is it bad for SEO? Uh, and it's, it kind of goes in the same thing with like an accordion or you know, a toggle or a tab. The content is there on the page. Google, reading the HTML, sees all that content um, the same, whether it's you know, initially hidden to the user or not, is the way I understand it. But if, if Corey or Alicia want to chime in, if I'm saying something incorrect, please do. Yeah, no, I think it's less common in this day and age. If you go back like 10 years when iframes and JavaScript and more things were prevalent that sometimes accordions would be pulled in and those accordion tabs would be individual pages where it was essentially like loading an, uh, an iframe of another page into it and other tactics. Those weren't, weren't good for SEO, but the accordions of these days that are all CSS powered are are actually great ways to add additional content to pages uh, practically as long as you don't overdo it, but they're great ways to get more content on a page that's real kind of niche specific topic stuff uh, without kind of bogging down the page. Awesome. All right. Hey, somebody asked a question and uh, I'm just gonna throw this out there for them. Uh, MAGI Communications asks, since mobile has overtaken desktop, the biggest concern I have for improving SEO is creating a mobile first approach using Divi. Anyone have a recommended workflow? Any comment to that? I mean, I don't do a mobile first approach, but I spend a lot of time on mobile. Um, do you think that has anything to do with SEO really? I would say to check your analytics first and make sure your site actually got taken over 100% by mobile because some people just say that when really desktop still commands normally the majority of traffic to a site, even though mobile is popular in certain verticals and whatnot. Um, so it really depends. I think as long as you're doing your desktop things properly, um, keeping all the foundational items there, I think mobile comes along with it. Uh, as long as you've got, like, I mean, all of us work with Divi and, and I would say maybe it's, maybe I'm stereotyping things, but most of the themes and the programming has some sort of responsiveness that is more mobile friendly these days. I think if you are doing things on desktop, they're gonna to correlate to mobile as long as you have those foundational things. Yeah, I think like Corey said, everybody needs to check their own site. Um, you know, just cause you read an article that's saying mobile first, mobile first. Um, I know for my site, 80% of the visitors are on desktop. Yeah, and for like me, it's like also not even looking at your traffic, but where are your conversions coming from? And obviously there's a two-sided coin you could be not getting mobile conversions because your site's not mobile friendly, but like for my core business is web hosting. Um, I'll tell you right now, yeah. not a lot of people are signing up for hosting accounts, buying their VPSs, sitting in front of the TV with their mobile phone, right? So um, that being said, there are opportunities to capitalize on mobile and then bring people back desktop. But again, as long I feel as long as you're doing your fundamentals desktop from a rankings perspective, the mobile stuff will, will kind of carry through. I like that. Know your users. Know who they are. Are they coming from an office? I'm a web design company, so oftentimes they're coming from an office or, or a desktop. So that's why I guess the majority of my traffic is desktop as well. Good point. I saw, I saw Alicia had her microphone unmuted there for a minute. Go, yeah, Alicia. Go, Alicia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
going to say a lot of it is going to depend on the niche too. I mean, for a web design, you're probably not getting nearly 50% mobile traffic. Whereas if you're building a site for a restaurant or a boutique type store where people are driving around and looking for something in their area, you know, odds are they are going in through mobile. For something like that, I would consider maybe AMP, the advanced mobile pages. But I mean, Divi is responsive out of the box. So if you really just follow best practices with Divi and make certain that your speed and your performance scores are decent, then I really don't think you need to take it to a separate stance to address the mobile users with that. Very nice. Awesome. Best I like saying practices. the word awesome, yeah. by the way. Oh, that's awesome. One thing I, I mentioned it um, when we we're talking about the overlays and the tabs and, and accordions and stuff. But talking about mobile, um, one thing that that should be uh, brought up is Google uh, does have a penalty. We don't really know how much of a penalty, but for automated pop-ups. So, for example, Divi users using the the Bloom plugin, um, make sure you have that turned off on mobile if getting traffic from search engines is a uh, priority. And to add on to that, I would say just test it. Put it on, see if your mobile rankings drop, take it off, see if they come back. I mean, Google says a lot of things, and a lot of times it's just they're, they're trying to protect the user, and they've got to make these broad stroke statements. But at the end of the day, um, I would say test it. Yeah, that's a really good point, Corey, because I think a lot of people are so scared of, you know, they don't, a lot of, and I'm just kind of basing this off of my own experience, people asking questions about my plugins, um, they're so afraid of, like, getting a Google penalty or um, pissing off Google or, or whatever. Um, and like you said, Corey, you know, you can test things and, you know, measure things and, and having analytics and, and knowing how to read the analytics is so important because, um, I, I think that is a lot more valuable than kind of like looking at Google as this big giant, you know, terrible <laughs> God ruling the online world and, you know, it's going to smite down any website that doesn't follow, you know, their perfect set of rules. But, um, you know, not that you should go out and try to get penalties, but I think it's something worth noting that um, if you're measuring and, 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 you know, trying different things, then uh, you don't have to be so afraid of, um, all the little minutia of SEO. Yeah, I think, I mean, one of my concepts is always like that glass ceiling that I kind of alluded to before. Google's going to place you somewhere. Um, either you're in the, if you've got your, if you're in the top hundred for a particular phrase that you think your site deserves to rank for, at the end of the day, Google shows some relevance to you. And then from there, it's that reactive, okay, let me try to make some changes to further encourage them to give me more weight and more value. Um, and you're, you're going to bump up against ceilings all the time. You may go from position 80 to the 50s and 60s, and then you may lose some steps, and then you may make some adjustments, make some changes, pop into the 40s. Like I said, it's a very reactive kind of process where it's trial and error to kind of align yourselves with uh, your user, but also obviously for Google as well, trying to encourage them to give you better rankings. That reminds me of that meme that gets passed around in the groups a lot, um, where it's a picture of Dwight Schrute from The Office, and it says, 
the website is done and then he says false a website is never done and i think that directly applies to seo too like Corey's <laughs> saying because i kind of have that mindset sometimes where i set up my title tags i have my keywords and i'm like okay i'm done but that's like totally the wrong approach you should be reactive like Corey's saying yeah yeah definitely it's kind of like a living breathing organism you've got to keep keep building keep expanding or someone will come eat your lunch like having kids <laughs> and I, I want to say I want to add on one thing to that, which is very important. Um, at, in using the word adding, if you get to a position where you've got content that's ranking really well, you wanna you wanna keep that ranking. And some of the things that you can do for SEO tactics wise for search engines and stuff is update that content as you go along. So if you start ranking for a specific. <clears throat> For example, and you finally got a post that's ranking really well. One way that you, one thing that you can do to, you know, try to maintain those rankings and stuff is add more con, more relevant content to that on an annual basis. Um, so updating blog posts, updating content on your website that's doing real well will add more weight in Google's eyes because Google, the way they look at it, is weighted content per user. Um, valuable content this person is a trusted authority in this area they've even added more value to these posts so we're going to help keep them up there and stuff that's one of the tricks that you can do and I know we're running out there's a couple of things I know we don't have to have time to touch on all these topics but three other things that didn't come up yet that maybe we can continue in another episode but YouTube videos it's the new rave and Google and YouTube are in bed so Obviously, if you have videos, Google's going to be friendly to you. So I'm in the process of going back and creating videos for all my Divi tutorials. But yeah, if you could have incorporate videos into your content, uh, whether it's blog posts or pages, uh, th that's going to help you out a lot. Um, you see a lot of YouTube links come up at the top of your Google search now. Um, you might be looking for a written tutorial. Half of those are going to be YouTube videos now. So. YouTube videos, uh, social media, take advantage of this. And I'll ask uh, somebody to confirm this, but um, you know, one, not only does it drive traffic, but does the links in social media to your posts, are those helpful or not? Maybe somebody with more experience can. And then the third topic um, that we can, I don't know if we have time to touch on is performance speed. We had that Divi chat a few weeks ago on speed, but speed plays a big role. I don't know how big, but those are just three things that I know I'm, I've been trying to learn about. Alicia, <laughs> unmuted. <laughs> if I could touch on your questions about the social signals, um, those are very powerful and they should also be optimized. So if you're posting on Facebook, you know, at some point in your post, you should be including the URL for your website with the full HTTP colon backslash www.whatever. Um, also, with your social sites as well as citations, if you geotag or optimize your photos, like through a tool like Picasso, that's also very, very powerful. And you can embed your website URL on that as well. So Google will see that as being relevant and related. And it's very, very powerful in the search engines if you're able to do that. Um, you know, continuing it over to your G Plus and your Google My Business and YouTube as well as you were saying, Gino. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks. That's good. Someone asked me recently if embedding meta in the actual image instead of in WordPress made any difference. Is that kind of what you're talking about or no? It, 
it does make a difference um, for local ranking, not so much for national. Um, but for a local business, if you use a tool like Picasa, you can include their NAP name, address, phone embedded into it. Um, you can also put a few keywords. You don't want to really go overboard. It goes into the keyword stuff in. Um, but that's very helpful. It'll come up as a related image search, and it also will connect back to the website. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, and I'll answer the, the speed question. We won't go into the speed question because we did touch on it on Divi Chat episode <coughs> waiting for Leslie's cue. Uh, oh, I don't know. We'll, we'll add that. We'll add it in the show. We'll add it, it in the 15. show notes. As well. That's what came to my mind. SEO, page speed definitely plays a factor in SEO and Google Analytics and, and, um, and search engine ranking. So, so because there was a ton of valuable data speed and stuff as well. And I forgot the other question, Gino. Sorry, somebody else will have to get that. You know, an area we haven't touched on yet was um, bounce rates, which uh, tend to be a, a huge uh, problem for a lot of my clients. They, get, they are able to get lots of traffic to the website, but are they able to keep them? That's a big problem. So well, something that the uh, content match the keywords that people are finding you on. Yeah, I think that has to do with a, um, a user experience when they come to the site, having mm -hmm. a plan, an in-game plan for the user, um, so that when they come to the site, they don't just leave. So if you're if you're getting ranked for a specific term and people are coming to your site for that term, but they have nothing there other than you've just got them to this one page. There needs right. to be a strategy and a plan going beyond that, the term that you're wanting to rank for and stuff. So I think funnels are good. I think having a, a, a customer journey, an avatar, knowing who your target client is to come to your site and just putting that, it's a lot of stuff that has to go in, you know, building a website and having an online presence, amount of work that actually goes into it. but. If you plan out those types of inbound marketing strategies and stuff that you're talking about, Tammy, which mm -hmm. do, you know, which do, um, you know, weigh in on what your bounce rate is and stuff, yes. it's a lot of work that, that can go on. I, I would say Google inbound marketing and, and, and look at having a strategy like that. Mm-hmm. Well, so I, I brought up Yoast. Can you all hear me? <laughs> yes, we can. In a moment. I brought up uh, something that people always ask about Yoast. I don't, I don't know if anybody can just give a definitive answer. Does Yoast, um, well, for me anyway, it doesn't see images. Um, what's going on there? I'm not a Yoast user, so I can't answer to that. I'm betting it, it's not seeing the image module content. If it was just a regular image within a text module, it'd probably catch it. Uh, Again, just my guess. That'd be a good test to do, though. Uh, but that also brings up what we talked about, uh, something that Olga Summerhates had brought up. Since we're talking about images, um, in your image module, you've got your title and your alt uh, places to put those. Uh, Divi won't pull those from the, the media library. You have to put them in yourself if you want uh, good SEO for your images. 
So, and this also gets back to Yoast doesn't see everything, so don't stress about the green light. What you need to do is use your inspect or whatever after the page has been generated in the browser and look and make sure that your alt and your title tags are there and then don't worry about what Yoast says about it. If it's there, then you're good. If it's not, then you know, make modifications to your module. I would, I would almost go back to Tim's earlier statements. If you're worrying about that heavy of optimization on your images, maybe you should divert that time into more different, better content, because I think that's going to give you more gains than some proper titles and alts and other metadata on images. I think, um, to Alicia's point, I think when it comes to local factors, I, I would tend to lean on her side that it probably definitely helps more your local businesses in, in hyper competitive spaces, lawyers, dentists, that kind of stuff. Um, and what you can getting more granular there, but for, for, I would probably say nine out of 10 people focus on more content. Like Tim said, drive more value, um, try to fix things uh, more holistically than just optimizing images. Right. Not that you can't fine tune, but I definitely would leave that to like almost last on my list. It gets oh. to where there's a lesser return on your investment when you get down to that detail. That's what you're <laughs> saying, right, Corey? Yeah, if you can do it quickly when you first put a page together, then by all means do it. But uh, I definitely wouldn't get hung up on it or, or spend too much time on it. Um, and like I, like I was saying before, it's very reactive, right? You can always come back to it. The image isn't going anywhere. You can come back and optimize it later and down the road um, and go into the finer points if you're looking to get past some sort of glass ceiling that you've butted up against. Yeah, I it, it's just get really hung up on these types of things. And I guess that's the downside when you use an SEO plugin or, or anything that's a, any kind of tool that's going to try to guide you, you know? Um, but that was good. Yeah, I think awesome. Yoast, what I do with Yoast when I initially set it up is I go through and I change all the default page titles and meta description settings so that it's not pulling in like archives from my category pages and other things like dates and site name and all that kind of stuff. I change the default setting. Um, I make sure that the site map is set. Uh, the, I, that's almost the basics of what I do. And then I just let my pages and my content kind of steer things for the most part. Again, unless I'm going back in and doing some of that fine tuning. Um, I don't even like the red and the yellow and the color yeah. scheme. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't even I don't even put target keywords in there to tell me. Uh, I just skip past that. But again, for a more novice user, I think it is a good thing to use as kind of a, an initial guide to get started. What I find oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Alicia. What I find you know, most useful for, um, not so much with a three to five page site that's easy enough to remember, but when you start getting into some of your larger sites, you never want to have the same keyword on more than one page or it'll cannibalize itself. And Yoast is very helpful about giving you that flag if you have used it elsewhere. It tells you good. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, that, well, does, that does come in handy when you, especially when you're blogging. 
And uh, like for me, I, I have the Divi tutorials, and I don't know how many new keywords I can come up with. <laughs> you know, I mean, Divi Blur, Divi, mod Divi Blur module, you know, but yeah. I, so most of the time, I, it, I just, you know, sometimes I just ignore it. I probably have Divi keyworded on my site way more than I should, <laughs> but oh well, it's a Divi tutorial site. What are you going to do? Well, whatever you're doing, Dino, works because. I, I, your tutorials come up on, you know, towards the top for pretty much any Divi keyword that I type in, you know. Yeah. <laughs> type in hot dogs. Yeah, we got you in a gross dog. He's gonna make a Divi hot dog or something. Yeah, he's gonna make a Divi hot dog post and rank. I, I'm gonna do it just for this. What are these hot dogs? It's CSS. Yeah. Yeah. Or Leslie, did you buy? Was it Divi Pizza that you own? I do. I do own Divi Pizza, <laughs> and I, I finally found something I'm going to use it for. Actually. <laughs> awesome. Well, this has been a great episode. I think uh, you know some of the takeaways and stuff. Remember to check the the show notes for Divi Chat over at the website. Uh, we're going to cover a lot of the well, tools. There was, there was one thing that nobody touched on, and I don't know if it's too advanced or not, or or people need to. Um, but uh, schema, is that something everybody should be putting on each side? Um, like, can somebody go over what that is exactly? <laughs> what was the... Alicia's microphone's unmuted again. I'm calling yeah. it. <laughs> so schema is basically almost like, think of it as cliff notes to a website. So it tells the search engines who you are, where you are, what you do, what your site is about like the the short version um you can manually install it that gets a little, little bit on the more advanced side but there are also schema plugins called creatively enough schema um and those work just as well so and you just have to go through and configure filling out what type of business you are your name address phone number your hours of operation whether it's a product or service your website. Some of the plugins also allow you to put the number of reviews and what your rating is. And it, it actually is very important, particularly for local SEO. It's very powerful for that. Yeah, I heard it also uh, helps a lot with click-through rate. So maybe it won't influence rankings as much, but click-through rate, which is obviously, you know, <laughs> the end game anyways. Um, and then click-through rate can then influence rankings. Is that correct? It lends itself towards yes. relevancy. So yes, in that regard, it would help for click-through rates and conversions because your users who are stumbling on it in a search are much more likely that your site is providing what they truly wanted to see. Is there notes in our show notes this week um, we're going to list a lot of tools that we've gone over and stuff I know that um, we've kind of been all over the place with SEO tonight um, <laughs> I'm hope I know Leslie's going to have a fantastic code available for anyone who chooses to go over and download that PDF and, and it'll list all of the I things I don't know that how fantastic tonight. but yeah there'll be one <laughs> fantastic PDF <laughs> no pressure <laughs> so, you know, SEO best practices, some of the takeaways that I heard here tonight were, um, as we all know, it's very, very important. Um, you know, 
don't fear the plugins, short codes, search engines, they can read your content regardless of how it, you know, what theme you're using because it's not hidden reading the HTML information. So don't fear that. Um, there's a lot of other good takeaways. What are some uh, thoughts for Divi and SEO tonight? If if you're if you haven't gotten a penalty, you're not doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's a great closing statement right there. Yeah, because I, I again, I mean, people hear that penalty and they think it's like when they get a penalty, like game over let's close up shop let's go home but obviously that's not the case so absolutely well i you know tim and i were we spoke at a at a um rv entrepreneur summit a few weeks ago and one of the speakers was a social media person who was giving a lot of talks on social media and i think this had to do with you know this this is a, a good kind of segue with seo and stuff with our topic tonight they said that, that any engagement at all, posts and stuff in, in regards to like Facebook's algorithms and stuff is good. A lot of people fear negative comments, posts, reviews, or anything. The more engagement a web page or a social media post has, the search engines and social media profiles and 